then we'll go ahead and get into it. But all right, bro, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. <clears throat> yo, yo, what's up, my people? Welcome back for another episode of the off-season edition, All Things Bengals podcast with yours truly, B Things, and of course, ad-libbing with the homie, Bengals Drake. Drake, how you doing, man? <sighs> it feels like the first day of school, man. I, I, I didn't... I know you've been talking about podcasts, like, hey, like, mandatory's coming up, it's right around the corner, like, six days away, like, but I woke up this morning, I totally forgot, I forgot it was mandatory camp, mm-hmm. so just waking up to that news was probably really satisfying. Hell <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, and bro, guys, you're gonna want to hear this shit, me and Drake was just talking a couple minutes ago, he texted me. He's like, uh-oh, oh shit, Stefan Diggs. I'm like, what are you talking about? Look, obviously this is a Bengals podcast. We're not here to indulge and to poke fun at the not too much fun anyways. We do right. a little bit here. We're about to do it here. You know, what other teams are doing is shit. But look, for a lot of you guys that tune in a ton on Twitter, Bengals Twitter, you've probably seen, you know, come across the news feed of Stefan Diggs' debacle with the Bills. Me and Drake were both just talking. We didn't think it was that real. And we're not saying this is, like, breaking. Nothing's breaking. But there ain't no Stefan Diggs in that Bills facility today. Drake, what do you have on that, bro? Whew. So, yeah, like I said, Stefan's not there for mandatory. Um, McDermott said that he's really concerned. I looked at a tweet just now from Tom Pelissero. I'll just read it off quick. Bills wide receiver Stephon Diggs, who is absent from mandatory minicamp today, is making $24.4 million in 2023, including a $22.7 million signing bonus as part of a March restructure. A mountain of dead cap means his contract isn't really tradable from Buffalo's end. An unusual situation. Wow. Wow. And we're talking about, we're talking about Josh Allen, right, who got his contract – and now people look at Allen, and, and granted, guys are getting contracts all the time. But when you look at Josh Allen's contract, it's not that friendly. I'd say it's not. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it, this could this could potentially really hurt the Bills, man. I like you said before the episode, mm-hmm. we kind of thought that, and same same with me, kind of thought that it was just kind of fan talk because in that game, right, the Bengals versus Bills. Um, playoff game that whole picture of josh allen talking to stefan and stefan was just going off that went viral so everyone was already speculating from that point and now it's just like wow because it's it's really like you know you wonder like it can't be the money right because he's making a lot of money this year but yeah, it's uh, like is it really that bad in buffalo right now i mean it it's very interesting, man, especially when Buffalo is the team that I feel like, especially in recent recent weeks as well, and all the time I hear it, people trying to just compare like Josh Allen and, and Joe Burrow and compare the Bills and the Bengals as if they're like or 2A, 2B. And I, I disagree with that, man. Like I really do. I think I think the Bengals deservingly have this type of lead that they are Undoubtedly, the second best team in the NFL as of right now until they win rings, and that's my non-biased take. But mm-hmm. yeah, this this Bill stuff is unusual. It's it's unusual. Mm-hmm. For sure, bro. And uh, just just give me one second here. I gotta grab something real quick. All right, I put on my imaginary tinfoil hat. It is <laughs> tinfoil hat time. Great. I'm declaring now the Bengals. <laughs> have spelled a playoff divisional round curse upon its opponents. Whoever the Bengals absolutely ripped the hearts out of in the divisional round of the fucking playoffs every single year, we curse them. <laughs> they have culture problems. And it, Wait, we are poisoned. We poison our opposition. I did not think about that. I thought you, I thought you were talking about how the um, the Bills just lost and, and like when the Bills lost the Chiefs type like that in the year prior. I thought I thought you were talking about that. I didn't know you were talking about um a curse for so who was it then? It, it was the Titans. Think about it. The Titans, we ruined them. They're <sighs> fucking cooked. 
They are, we ruined them, bro. Like, are we the COVID of the NFL? Like, we just, we just, like, fucking stayed these teams, bro. I mean, certainly not to mention anything about the Monday night game. That was just, you know, completely out of the norm of anything we possibly ever expected. But, like, you need isn't that a weird trend going on, bro? You you need to tweet that because that's <laughs> crazy, bro. They were a one seed and they uh, were the talk of the NFL, right? Like, can Ryan Tannehill finally lead them to an AFC championship chance to go to the Super Bowl with Derrick Henry? And then now they're pretty much off the face of the earth. And then now you got Buffalo in not to say, you know, so Buffalo. the Bills are cooked. That's what you're saying. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> It, I mean, and when we're talking about teams that the entire AFC in general, right, all got boosted this offseason, whether it's Aaron Rodgers coming to the AFC, whether it's just star players at premium positions coming to just make the AFC crazy. Like, we've talked about it. Good teams are not going to make the playoffs. And mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting, man, because I'm telling you right now, Buffalo and Gabe Davis – he is not a true one. He can't eat. I, that's no Slave, hate. Just Slave like, Davis. Hell. <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, look, you're exactly right. Like, who knows? I mean, look, bro. Stefan's going to end up being there. I mean, I, I'd, I, me personally, I mean, as neither of us, you know, I'm assuming you and any other Bengals fan that's passionate and listening to shit like this, we're not honing in on what the fuck the Bills are doing. We don't yeah. give a fuck. But, like, I, I mean, from what Pelissero just said, bro, it's really, it's really surprising that in the current landscape of his contract that he's just dipping out of mandatory shit because this is not some easy out for him. You can't, the Bills can't just, even if he wanted gone, like we're not saying he wanted to leave. He's never said that. But I mean, when is he going to show up? It's TBD, but it's bound to be soon, bro. Man, Olivia Ray just posted a video of T. Jamar and Boyd, and it just makes my heart. Oh, sick. my gosh, bro. This fucking <laughs> Bengals divisional round curse pack is yes. so hard today. Oh, God, let's go, man. Let's go. Hey, I'm about to make that be, bro. Listen, like, I got multiple Bills fans following me. I'll be straight up, bro. I like a lot of Bills fans. Like, there's a couple of out there, but they're going to hate me after posting this beat today. I'm sorry, guys. This shit's hitting, though. <laughs> oh, my Lord, bro. No, for real, though. Like, I, it's just so refreshing to see your team just connect and mesh in every way. Like, now, and I don't know if you want to get into this now, but the oh, fact man. is that, you know, Jonah Williams. Yeah. You, you, know, you know what? Can, can I please stop you there just to yeah. say one more complete bullshit thing, but could maybe add even more hype before we get into actual value? Let's do it. <laughs> you know who's next? We Who? got the Titans, the Bills, the Chiefs. We're, dude, we're oh. about to curse them. I'm telling you. Let me see well, with the divisional round. <laughs> oh, so wait. Are you, are you saying possibly Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid retire after this? Oh, we're going to ruin them. I will sour their entire franchise. I can't wait. They're fucking next. That's what I'm telling them. Bro, because we really are. Like, the way we came in and, you know, Joe Burrow, we were kind of like the supervillain team. You know what I mean? Like, we, I feel like we never had, like, like the Chiefs. People look at them as, like, the, the superhero. We're like, you the, know what? The villain. Yeah, bro. We were almost like the Grim Reaper, like a silent yeah. assassin, bro. Yes. Like, we just wrecked shit, whatever was in our way. We were low-key. You know, we were a mythical creature in the night. Like, when we did our damage, bro, like, they didn't know exactly what it was. They couldn't comprehend that the Bengals were the ones that did it. They would expect another juggernaut team, like someone else. You know, not the Bengals. Now it's a bit different. You know, we're for real. Everybody knows it. We're top dog. But, like, yeah, bro, we're Grim Reaper shit, bro. And in that pack. Once I curse the Chiefs, that shit's about to be hitting. I don't know if it'll ever hit better than that, bro. And, and in case anyone's listening, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to disclose this, but B Things actually does have magical powers where he can curse people. So yeah, he's and being he, serious when he says this. You I mean, know? bro, when I say I'm him, I don't exaggerate. I mean it. Like I'm him. Right. Facts. But you're <laughs> not. You're not Hemi Butler. 
No, yeah, not at all. I mean, I don't choke. <laughs> I don't choke in the finals when it matters. I mean, I Fact. show up. I'm here. It's big time. Exactly, bro. But look, you know, it, it, enough shit talking, some fun. Um, look, bro, you went ahead and we're trying to spit some value. Then I derailed you about Jonah Williams, so you can go on about him. Yeah, man. So I mean, not not necessarily surprising, right? That today's the first day he comes out and speaks. I think just in in a professional way, he kind of just stayed out of social media, stayed out of the way, put his head down, worked, wasn't commenting on nothing, even though people were kind of speculating the Ian Rappaport and stuff, you know, saying that he did not want to play right tackle at all. And maybe, maybe in the moment, it was something that was kind of frustrating. But I feel like you have to look at the big picture, right, and how the Bengals' philosophy is. They want to put the best five out there. Jonah, if if I'm not if I'm not wrong, didn't he play right tackle at Alabama for a little bit? Yeah, I think he said his freshman year. So you're okay. talking what seventeen? That's seven years ago. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it's definitely like one of those things that it's going to be the talk of the off season, right? And I don't know if you noticed it today. Um, the Bengals put the the big four in a picture and mm. said glass eaters. So I just think. I think that's interesting. They're they're letting the world know like there's competition at that right tackle position, and whoever comes out on top comes out on top. Whether it's Carmen, whether it's Jonah, I don't think they're looking at the money. I think they're really looking at putting the best five. And as of right now, it yeah. is Jonah Williams because Lyle coming off of a rehab. I think it's going to take some time to really see how they want to do at that right tackle position, but. You know, he comes out today. Um, I'm going to find the quote here because I don't want to misspeak. But basically, I mean, really professional today, man. Like, he didn't have anything bad to say, which you, you hope that, right, in a veteran. And I know that, you know, a lot of people have been hating on him. It was a really down year for Jonah, right? Yeah. But – He's had some really good and valuable reps at the NFL level. And you hope that contract year you can see something come to fruition. But this is what Jonah said today. It's my job, speaking at right tackle. Mm-hmm. I love it. I've got a great coach, great teammates, and I'm grinding my ass off. I'm going to crush it. And he also said this. Love it. He said one more quote. Um, he said... I'm happy to be a contributor on a team where I have so many great teammates. I love everyone in the room, the coaches, love the fans. I'm stoked. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's what you want to hear, you know, and and I think uh, we we touched on this a bit maybe in the past episode of the one before, um, kind of talking about how we have talked about Jonah for the past two, two three months, which right. is crazy. Donda Orlando, he's been a Bengal for three months already. But, um, you know, what was the right tackle spot going to look like? And I have never shied away from what the reality is with Jonah. I just more put spotlight on what other options could be because of my dissatisfaction with Jonah. So what I think with Jonah specifically, now that he's back, <clears throat> he is your best option at right tackle right now. He is your best option. I am certainly open, and as we – you know, what I was just prefacing, what we've talked about a lot. We are open to that competition, uh, a legit competition. To what degree is that, quote-unquote, competition going to be? Because, yes, bro, I I do love the idea of, you know, purely open competition. The money's not attached to it. It's just a dollar. You are what you are on the field. I love that, and I agree with that. But ultimately, those dollars do matter. So I think they are going to give Jonah every possible chance to win that job. But I think Lael, I feel like he's got to come back fucking ASAP if he wants any any legit shot, let alone any legit starting chances. I mean, a legit shot to even fucking play. Jackson has a steep uphill battle as well. So I think it's Jonah's job to lose, but quote unquote to lose, it's real. If Jackson keeps showing impressive shit and Jonah is showing 
that kind of mediocre play because you got to go up against Sam. You know, right. it's be a bit easier to go up against Sam. But actually, I don't know because Jonah's smaller and Sam's a fucking bull rusher, bro. He'll get up one of the pads. He'll push you on your ass. So if Jonah shows that kind of what we saw last year, those downsides of guys with significant strength and length on them to just bully them, and they see Jackson show some legit signs of progress. And it it might be, it might be a situation also, right, where we're talking about all this competition, which in retrospect, yeah, there's going to be competition no matter what. But right now, you're locked in starter at right tackle. It's yep. Joe Williams, correct? So yep. week one rolls around, Joe Williams playing right tackle. It's going to take from weeks one to four. And like you said, Lyle's got to get back fast if he wants to even compete for a job. Mm-hmm. It will take back from probably the first four weeks. If Jonah's playing good, solid football, he's not. I mean, he's not going to lose his job. And that's what's great about having the type of depth is that you have that availability now where if you if you need to do it, you can do it. Like I was looking at Goodberry's tweet today. He said the Bengals O-line is pretty deep. The current depth players have a combined 12,271 NFL snaps in their career. They have three right. second-round picks as backups. It, it's incredible. I mean, and, and you know what, bro? Damn, whoever said this, I want to give credit to them, but I, I don't remember who said it. But I love the perspective of, <clears throat> and this is for me especially, because I was the one that was running with, you got to offload the dollars of one of these guys, maybe even two of them, find another contingency, save money, da-da-da-da-da. What if the Bengals' past two seasons ended their Achilles heel was with incompetence of depth at the O-line? let alone the top the top end of your offensive line, was already not good. Like, yeah. it was competent. What would have Riley Reef been in the Super Bowl? Jonah Williams, Lel Collins, da-da-da-da-da. We don't even want to indulge on it because it is what it is. We lived and died by the sword of our competence of depth at O-line, and it proved utterly incompetent. Now that we have it, we're wanting to just offload it? That's what someone brought up. And like I said, that's for me especially. Because I was the one that was championing, offload the dollars. Da, da, da. Why, why are we so quick to offload the value at the depth that we've desperately needed to get over that hump and to maybe win two rings the past two seasons? You know what I mean? Like we're here now. We have this legit, le- legit confidence in our depth. How much confidence can you have is a nuanced thing. You know what I mean? But overall, you got confidence in these backup guys. I 100% agree with you. And it also, you know, kind of like when you see with the defensive tackle positions, granted, you're not going to probably rotate as much along the offensive line as long as guys are healthy and good. But it gives you that availability to be able to say, okay, hey, Jonah, you're gassed for a little bit. We'll throw Jackson in for a couple snaps. You know, stuff like that, if it came down to it, you have that type of, backup plan and same with what you said that's been our achilles heel like the last few years man like we we've really struggled with that depth and i don't think people realize that that's super bowl year like when i went back and you know did our offensive line like four of those guys are pretty much unemployed at this point now so people don't understand how hard it's been you know i think the Bengals took an approach by Going after Orlando Brown this year, which was amazing, by the way. We all, we all remember that. I can't believe he's been a Bengal now for three months, you said. I uh, know, right. Uh, but uh, these guys, man, they're locked in. And it's it's going to be fun when it, when it all comes to it. I'm confident in Jonah. I know a lot of people have been hating on Jonah. I've kind of been on this, like, Jonah train where I'm, like, backing him up. Like, you know, I think, you know, but I've also been kind of, Kind of troll on Twitter, you know, from time to time, comparing Orlando and Jonas stats, blase, blase. But it's okay. It's it's a different day. So I'm 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 on the Jonah train. I really think that he can get it done in at least an average type of way. It's gonna be different, you know. Now 
later in his career, switching over to tackle. But, bro, I, Jawan Taylor, listen, this is what I think tackles in general need to realize, right? Jawan Taylor, the Chiefs signed a right tackle for four years, $80 million this offseason practically. Look at Mike McGlinchey's contract as well. The right tackles are getting paid sometimes even more than left tackles. Look at Orlando Brown. He's making less than both of those guys at left tackle. So I think Jonah and Jonah, bro, tackles, even if you're average, a tackle is going to get paid a bag because a team's going to really need you. So this needs to come out and have a solid year. That's about it, man. Exactly, bro. And, and look, I think the, uh, I can stand with everything you're saying. I think where I would stand, you know, on a different side with you on is uh, you said average at the least. I think that's at the best. But, you know, and I don't even have to go down the whole spiel again. We talked about it for months of what I think of Jonah, why I wanted to offload him. My tune has changed since there's multiple things I should have been better with this approach, with how strong I was. I should have known more, to be straight up with you. Like, I should have known that, a comp a co- compensation compensatory whatever the fuck you want to call it draft pick in 2025 because it's the season after a player leaves um is what we're going to get for jonah either a third or fifth round pick so we're going to get a pick in return for jonah they're just going to stick with them get the average what you expect to be uh you know, you, you're pretty confident that you're going to get average play you know the variance could be up there but overall you expect to get about average play um, but yeah, man, like I, there should be no reason that a Bengals fan should be preying on the downfall of one of their players, you know, in like the off season, it's so easy to get carried away. And I was in the midst of that. So yeah. I have complete responsibility and accountability that I got a bit too carried away on, um, what it would look like without these players. And I went a bit too far as if like, they need to be gone now, like, Look, man, if the Bengals are gung-ho on Jonah being their guy, it doesn't matter what I think. We're all fans of this team. And the reality is he's going to be okay. And, like, it is what it is. It's enough to win. So I'm all for it, bro. You know, let's get it. But, of course, it stands with I want whoever the fuck is best at right tackle. And if that's Jackson Carmen, as I've said before, I'd still love that. But overall, man, just be solid. Like I don't want to, I don't want to talk about you. you know I mean? Like that's Fact. the goal with the offensive linemen. Let's not talk about them because yeah. they're good enough. Let me let me close out with one more thought though. This is what I just thought about it. Yeah. Right yeah. Top. So obviously we've seen Lyle be the ultimate pro, and he's he's on a team that's winning, right? So it doesn't seem like he's going to complain too much, especially when he's getting his body healthy, right? Mm-hmm. I look at it like this, like, and maybe this is just the talk for another day. But you have Jonah this year, and you'll still lie under contract going into next season. So if worst comes to worst, you still have a plan at that right tackle position, even if you're not paying mm-hmm. Jonah. And he might even be fresher. I mean, he might not have as much snaps as he had, and it might take yeah. a little bit. They, they could figure out that right tackle position, and they can also have a backup plan in the process if all goes to fail. I I really like that, bro. I really like that. I haven't thought about it now. Is that the most feasible option? Right. Right now, it's in question mark, but overall, you don't have to indulge on it that much right now. Right. Because this year, you're fucking loaded. So get through this year. Now, that's a legit thing that we have to work through, you know, as we have for years, you know, finding these stop gaps at right tackle. And I think a 2024 LaL does not give you much confidence on your future. You know, because how old is he? Da, da, da. But overall, that's a completely valid point, bro. And look, I, let's go with it. Like, I overall, to wrap up this point, it's a good thing. I refrained from a lot of the things I was digging on, you know, with offloading the dollars, blah, 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 blah. And I guess the big reason why I was, and it just <laughs> got stale, was because I was trying to allocate dollars towards other guys at free agency. But yeah. that's fast, you know. It so, makes sense. Bro, like exactly. Yes. I, like I understand your point because the the money at the end of the day is everything that is the talk of the town, right? When we're talking about having to give people money for these contracts, whether it's yeah. 
Jay Reader, whether it's T. Higgins. Like, we always hear about the money. But Oh, yeah, and a guy what, named Joe Burrow. Yeah. Oh, no, no. I, I think a guy by the name of Mikey Bags has some stuff in the bank because he just paid Orlando Brown a bag, and now he's just, like, rolling the dollars out. So, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. I, I think you should talk about that little topic. I sent you the Stephon Diggs stuff. I think you should talk about what you sent me when I first woke up. What a beautiful sight, bro. A wild, flaming hot Cheetos bag outside of practice today with no brace on the knee. Cheeto is back, full uniform. I should, you know what? I should refrain. Full uniform for the attire that they're dressing right now, which is just a jersey. So I, I said that a bit wrong. Don't want to misconstrue. They're not full pads. He's not a full fool like that, but he's out there. He's doing the drills. He's committed um, on the field. He was taking first-team reps. It's great to see, bro. Like, it's super exciting because uh, we've heard about uh, we've heard about the glowing um, progressions and ahead-of-schedule talk that Lael was in. And you heard about the ahead-of-schedule talk that Jonah was in, but, of course, TVD wasn't there. But you heard that. You heard optimism with the injuries. With Cheeto, we didn't hear pessimism, certainly. But we heard a lot of refrainment from him. He didn't get super glowing on, hey, you know, I'm ready day one, you know, whatever. He said, I'll take it as it goes. But just for us to know now, he was further along than we thought. How do you feel about it, bro? Wow. I mean, it's it's amazing, right? Anytime you see a guy, I mean, I mean Joe Burrow had a brace, and I get it. He's a quarterback, totally different. But corner is the same thing. You know, he's constantly running, constantly chasing down guys. So, you know, his ACL is probably more fragile than Burrow's at this point. So, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's really good to see that he's not having a brace. And God willing, you know, he, he's all good. Um, I think it's that that DNA in him. I think that's what's uh, helping him right now. I mean, his his heritage is something that he takes super serious. That's what I love about Cheeto, right? He yeah, loves me. to just put his heritage out there, and he – He's like a real dude. Like he's not he's not some guy that's in the spotlight looking for attention. He's looking to like honestly make the world a better place. But in the process, he's he's becoming a, a really great football player. This is a guy that in Dallas, I feel like wasn't in the right type of system. And it kind of we've seen a lot of players like that, especially Eli Apple. And Cheeto comes here and he's been playing lights out football since he's came to Cincinnati. I think he had one bad game last year against Miami, and that was about it. Like, he's he's played up to par and way better than he ever was. So you just hope that it, he gets back to that type of playing style. But I think in the meantime, it's cool to see that, you know, you drafted a guy like DJ Turner. He can possibly take some snaps and, and get some um, – experience there obviously not game time reps but still just to get a feel for how it would be and how it would look like because I know people are going to be wondering in a, in a few years like is DJ Turner going to replace Cheeto or is DJ going to replace Mike Hilton so that's going to be another talk for another day but in the now Cheeto being healthy is amazing I love it it's great to see I'm expecting I haven't seen any news yet at least just looking but i expect that everyone reported today from mandatories right like i think everybody probably did yeah yeah for sure bro i mean yeah i I don't know the exact number um you know that that's there today i'm sure it's probably full right now that jonah and t has been there so I don't know of any other guy that's gung ho, you know, on something else. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that. Like I said, don't know, but yeah, bro. I mean, it it's incredible to see with Cheeto. Who knows what 2024 comes for him? Um, yeah, man. I mean, it it's great for Cheeto this year that hey, you do not have to rush yourself back. We, you know, this is from the Bengals FO perspective. I'm assuming just speculating here, like hey. We don't know what 2024 and beyond is going to hold. But for right now, we are going to put you in the best position possible to succeed long term, which is to be as precautious as needed for this injury you had. You know, so 
You don't want to rush anything back because all because a player's dress out there doesn't mean that they're as good as it looks, you know? So, hey, you need – maybe you're not as confident to go week one. No problem. We'll try next week. We'll put DJ Turner out there. Yeah, he's young. Yeah, a little bit of growing pains, rookie, da-da-da, whatever. But we're going to prioritize your health for your long term, you know? And, yeah. of course, when you're ready to go, we expect that we're going to get authentic Bengals Cheeto. And that's a high standard, and that's what we hope for, you know. So if we got to be patient with that and hold you out for a bit longer, which the Bengals have done, what 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 was Zach's trend last year when a player was ready to go that week? Yup, it was kind of a – it was unusual, bro. Because, you know, like you hear that coach speak all the time. You know, we're going to have a player heal at the adequate manner that he needs to. We're not going to – we're not going to rush anything, blah, 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 just to find out they fucking rush him as soon as possible. Zach stood on that shit. He right. said, oh, Jamar, you're ready to go for the uh, Titans game? Nah, we're going to hold you another week for – wait a sec. Or what game was it? Um, I don't fucking know. It was uh, some game. It was like uh, maybe the Steelers game? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, whatever it was. You ready to go for that game? Nah, we're going to hold you back. Oh, Joe Mixon, you're ready for the Chiefs game? Nah, we're going to hold you for the week after. T, X, Y, Z, hold you week after. So if that stays true, same with DJ Reader. If that stays true, that's what you can expect. Of course, TBD, the season's two, three months away. But uh, yeah, bro, it's just great that Cheetah's back. You know, DJ Turner gets to get whatever exposure he can with these ones, twos, going up against these stars. I'm all for it. It's going to be interesting. I don't know if you noticed, but our guy, new tight end, Irv Smith Jr., he's going to be rocking the crop top this year. Mm, looks good, man. He looks like a fucking stud. I'm all for it. I mean, I think Hayden did it for a little bit. He might have done it all year, actually, Hayden Hurst. But, yeah, I, I've, I try to tell people, like, Irv Smith is the most athletic tight end we have had in I can't even remember how long. It's just a matter of him staying healthy. If he can stay healthy, I really think he can have a big year for us in the capacity of what he can do. I think people will love him equally as much as they love Hayden Hurst. They just need to see Irv Smith like week one, just get absolutely juiced up. That's what got, that's really what got fans like to love Hayden is to see him just catch that first pass. Cause I still remember he just got, so juiced up. I'm like, yeah, the fans are going to. Bro, fuck. it was like a six-yard gain, wasn't it? Like, right, right. Exactly, bro. And he brought that fucking energy. You're exactly right. But just to fuck around for a minute, I certainly hope for the rise and steady play every game from Irv Smith. But God forbid an injury happened, you know who's time to step the fuck up. It's Drew Sample season. I'm just saying, we're yeah. here for it. Me and Drake are here for it. If it ever happened, but. As a tight end, too, I'm all for whatever work he gets. And, and I mean, Drew Sample's on that one-year prove-it deal, man, so you know he's trying to go crazy. Mm. 1K, Drew Sample season? Possibly. Possibly. <laughs> That'd be insane, bro. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't even want to imagine what the fuck the offense would look like like if he was out. Hey, I, I want to say something silly <laughs> real quick, side note. So I'm I'm scrolling Twitter here just to make sure we got, we're caught up on all Bengals info. I mean, come on, just Bill Belichick just completely infiltrating the sexiness of today's league with some like fucking sideways bullshit. Like, oh, hey, here's a fucking Kroger, you know, checkout worker. Let's go ahead, turn him into a fucking 800 yard running back. Well, he seems like he's on that path again. I guess he's taking Malik Cunningham, who is a quarterback, and he's saying he's a wide receiver now. He looks good and he looks like Julian Edelman. So uh, he's never ran around his life. Um, and now he's a wide receiver. Go Belichick for you. Malik Cunningham is a wide receiver now. Seriously, yes, bro. It it this is my favorite part of the quote. Like I said, <laughs> uh, Cunningham said he has never ran a route in his life. <laughs> God, Bill Belichick, he's a demon, bro. He's about to turn this dude into a monster. Like there were hundred twenty tutties at fucking Louisville, and he's trying. Bro, Mac Jones is your quarterback, bro. Mac and cheese. And you're trying to – this dude could be your starter. That's crazy. You know who I was trying to convince myself was going to be a star quarterback for us? Hmm. But then they turned him into a running back, and I was really salty. What? Quentin Flowers. 
I don't know if you remember him. He went to USF, Quentin Flowers. He he was like a thousand yard rusher as a quarterback. The Bengals took him as DFA. He played running back. He got cut really early. It was when we sucked. I was like, man, I wish I wish we could try something out with Quentin Flowers. Uh, yeah, I I do remember him. It, I mean, obviously he's really short, and I barely do. But yeah, I, I do remember him, bro. I mean, yeah, man. Do you remember Kermit Whitfield? Yes. Oh, yeah. my gosh, what a beast name, bro. I wanted that dude to win. I'm like, dude, I just want to vote for fucking Kermit, man. Now, right. I remember he was around for a couple of years, but it never crystallized into none. Well, and then your your favorite guy, Michael Thomas, Big Mike, Mike T. I don't know that guy. Never heard of him in my life. Oh, he, he's oh. going to come on for an interview. I was talking to him. He's No, he's not. I dethroned <laughs> him on the fucking roster, bro. I replaced him. He don't want to talk to me. <laughs> Guys, I – it's time for me to announce I am indeed attending Bengals training camp. I am receiver 11 on the roster. So, whoa, whoa, wish whoa. me luck. Well, so you're, you you got a starting job and you, you curse two teams in the process. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. What yep. number do you wear? Uh, TBD. Okay. They, they would give me options between number 39 or 43. <laughs> Okay. So you're gonna play a little running back, huh? You're gonna be like a little Eckler or something. No, no, I'm playing position. You're cooked because <laughs> if you're getting number thirty nine or forty three as a wide receiver. Mm. You might as well just not attend. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can take zero. You can take zero. Oh my god! Let's go, dude. <laughs> what a great idea! Oh my god, I'd be a legend, bro. I'd be a preseason week one legend. You know what? Here's the best part. They also updated the fucking rules. So now they don't have three cut down days. They have one. So I am I am uh, locked in to have three shots. So people will remember 2023 preseason, the legend of B things, number zero on that football field. Bro, that'd be incredible. So are they what are they just are they pushing the, the cut back to that final final preseason week? What are they doing? Yeah, on the real, bro. I, I don't know if we ever talked about that before. No. It, no? it, it was at the owners meeting uh yeah they announced about a month ago that they are pushing it back to one cut down day and that is august 13th 14th 15th something like that a couple of days after you know uh last week of preseason um so yeah bro i mean to be serious back to being serious here like you're talking from 90 to 53 one day so it was kind of nice, at least from um, a spectator and an analyzer and a reporter, to keep up with the process of here's one cut down, here's a second, here's a third. It kind of siphons down, you know what I mean? But now you just have yeah. – dude, that day is going to be the NFL clusterfuck day because, like, everything's going to be flying all over the place, bro. Yeah, like good players might get cut and get lost in the news. It's <laughs> exactly right. Like, oh, you know, the Bengals cut L. Collins, and oh yeah, they cut fucking DJ Ivy. Like, oh okay, like that's normal. Oh, what was that name up there? Yeah, like then you keep getting news. We hope that never happens. The Bengals cut quarterback Joe Burrow, and <laughs> <laughs> you know Kermit Whitfield. Like you, you, you just pass it up. Nah, but on the real, it's gonna be a big day. Um, man, bro, we talked about it last week. We are, uh, which kind of sucks. I thought we were six weeks last week. We're kind of a little bit under six weeks this week away from training camp. Training camp is phase one of the season. You know what I mean? Like that's where it gets real. That's where you start to attack scheme. That's where you really start to siphon down. Hey, X player, Y player. Here's where you're best suited. You're a one, you're a two. You're a three. You know what I mean? So I can't wait, bro. This the startup process just slowly but surely we are getting back to fucking Bengals football Sundays. Well, one thing that I'm really interested in seeing, I know a lot of people are kind of sleeping on it. I really am wondering and curious about the Jordan battle and Nick Scott battle. The you Jordan know? battle battle. Yeah. Right. So I'm just like, because apparently, you know, they're, they're both getting split reps in practice yeah. Uh, and it, it makes sense, right? Get get the rookie early snaps early on, but it, it would not surprise me if he if he became a starter. You I know mean, what, bro? I, I feel like I've been in the minority with this. I feel like I would be surprised, and I think the reason why uh-huh. 
is because I think this is a big concept for all of us to take. And, and I mentioned it before because it's so easy, especially for us, you know, type of, uh, you know, Bengals unofficial reporters and insiders. Yeah. It's easy to get so deep into the nitty gritty. But like we need to focus the premise of, on what seems like the most obvious move for this FO to make. And the most obvious move here is you have a rookie. Yes, that's not just a guy. We know he's a third round, you know, showed, I mean, fucking absolute A-plus grade college football resume, college IQ, everything what you want, football, everything's there. But you signed your starter, or at least what you thought would be. There's nothing wrong, in my opinion, for Jordan Battle to sit a year. Or if he starts, I'm fine with that. But I think that's what we should all be uh, set on going into training camp, at least, of Nick Scott's the guy. The competition's real. That battle with battle and Scott is real, but it should be Nick Scott. And I think that's what they showed you this morning. Nick Scott was out there first. Yep. He's the vet. Kind of what we talked about with LaL conceptually of, or Jackson Carmen, you have to show a lot if you're deemed ready for Lou because he's got a guy in front of you already. So I think too many people got a bit misconstrued. Like, oh my God, Jordan Battle, surefire, week one. Da, da, da. Right. I just hold up on it for now. It's TBD. I agree with you 100%. 100%. But, yeah, I think think either way, though, I think Battle, even if he's not starting, he's going to get a lot of valuable reps because Lou just is a demon like that. He just knows what to do. Like, they might – they might. I don't know, obviously, how Battle covers against uh, linebackers, linebackers, tight ends and stuff like that. But you never know. Nick Scott might be covering tight ends and – Battle might be in the back or vice versa. You you never know, man. It'll be interesting. But Tyson Anderson, too. I mean, there's a lot of just – we got a lot of depth in the safety room that I feel like people are worried about. And I get it. It's because you don't have a lot of experience there. Makes a lot of sense. But you got got Lou Anarumo back. Nothing to worry about. We got this. It's here, man. Headband, Joey. Hey, hey, listen, bro. I'm going to tell you right now. Like, you know what? I'm going to send this to you real quick, and I want, I want to get your live response. I'm about to make this post of Headband Joey, and I made an edit last night that I think is hitting, dog, um, because we know what Jamar had to say about what he thinks Joe is. That's right. the number one player in the league. You know, we all can probably stand by that as well. Um, I just want to think what you think of this real quick, bro. Let's see. Did it send over to you? Yes, sir. Oh, what do you think of that? Uh, that's fire. Yeah, that's fire. Bro, so, I, yeah, I'm not going to give anything away because I think it's pretty dope. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and post it in a bit. Um, look, man, like, let's go ahead and hit a few pointers here because I got some, you know, quick hitters. And then uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this bitch up because we got to head out soon. Uh, so, look, what you said about the safeties, 100% facts. Here – Here's what I'll add to give, um, you know, I'll refrain even a bit further. As I was talking about with the O-lineman earlier, in specific Jonah and LaL and saving money and even Joe Mixon this year, this is for me kind of personal. So maybe you guys can enter my brain real quick and help all of us here. It is time for us as a fan, of course, you fan is however you want. It is time for us to focus on what we have how to win and be the absolute best with them and cheer them on whatever you find suitable. I hope every single one of you guys that are listening, you know, are generally optimistic. Some people are just like really fucking toxic fans and I hate it. I don't think anybody likes those types of fans, but overall let's cheer these guys on. They're here now. The, the big money guys have passed. And like I said, I'm speaking this for myself because I made the mistake of, I got stale that I kept saying, we got to offload this guy. Got to offload. It's gone now. It's past. They're here. Can things change? Sure. Can Joe Mixon still get a pay cut? That's likely to happen, for real. I'm not saying let's keep them for the dollars and we should never consider adjusting it. But I'm saying they're Bengals. They're going to be starters uh, for the foreseeable future. Let's cheer these guys on. You know, and, and, and with the safety group, too, like, these are our safeties. No, there's nothing to worry about with Dax Hill. I cannot believe I've heard legit concerns with Dax Hill's future. The year one was about as tumultuous and 
I mean, as much of a rocky road, fucking turbulent as it could have been for a rookie, he hung in there and he's ready to go to be the safety one. You got confidence in whoever the fuck earns that safety two job. Like we talked about just a second ago, Nick Scott is a front runner. If Jordan Battle earned it, he fucking earned it. Even more optimism. So the optimism is real. Lou, anybody got questions about the fucking secondary and safety unit? Lou's specialty was secondary, guys. He knows how the fuck to get work out of his secondary, okay? And these guys are talented. So you're talking about a dude that is a – what is Lou a master of? Scheme? Yeah. For guys that have what? Talent? Yeah. Jordan Battle has a lot of talent. Dax Hill, a lot of talent. Nick Scott, a lot of talent. Some experience. You guys are starting to get the picture. There's been a bit too much talk about what could be super scary about this group. They're going to be all right. So there's a lot of optimism, man. We have as much depth as we've ever had. Our downfall in 21 and 22 was competent depth. We have competent depth out the ass. We have competent depth at one of our biggest question marks at both. Dude, one more thing. Then you can ad lib on this. This is what's hype now. This is what ops do not understand. This is not fucking hyperbole, Bengals, hope, optimistic bullshit. We have the most impressive depth at our two biggest supposed question marks heading into the season. Right tackle and fucking safety. Yeah. People think, bro, people think our detriments is to come at those spots. You're wrong, bro. We got depth, legit guys out the ass there. It's it's a casual take, right? I think it's when people look like, man, like the Bengals really lost out on Jesse and Vaughn, like both of their starting safeties, like that. Oh, de- no. that defense, man. Well, I'll tell you this: our whole front front seven, like we're we're straight, like everyone is back, like except maybe Eli Apple, but we got everyone back. CTB. Uh, Mike Hilton, Shido, we got new guys, DJ Turner, Miles Murphy. Like, we got guys back. And I keep telling people, look at these next two years, especially for Trey Hendrickson, as the biggest years where he's going to want to just go absolutely bonkers. Like, this is going to be Trey Hendrickson's, like, motor for the next two years, in my opinion. Not like he's not been a monster every year he's been here, but I think he's going to go for double-digit sacks again this year. And the safety position, man, you would love to have a great safety tandem. We talked about this last episode. The Bengals' defense was built in the way of having that front front line, defensive line, and then the cornerbacks, and then they just had the commodity of having a good safety tandem already, right? So now it's like, all right, you got everything in front of you, but the question marks now are in the back end. And I think as long as you play how you've been playing on the D line and in the cornerback room, I think those safeties will mesh quickly. I think they will, they will learn it. I know um, either Nick Scott or someone was in battle for his communication already saying that he's got really, really good communication. So, I mean, just those guys getting on the same page out there, Nick Scott, like, I know a lot of people, especially opposing fan bases, that give shit to him because he's not an elite safety, right? But that's that's exactly what the Bengals have done with talent over these last few years, taking guys that have been talked badly about and that have came into a system and just really blossomed. And, you know, I'm not going to say Nick Scott's going to come here and he's going to be a god, right? But Nick Scott has a chance to be that veteran presence now for like probably the first time in his career where he's like taken over an entire like safety room in a way. Like he's got Michael Thomas obviously as a veteran presence, but like he's going to be the guy out there that is voicing everything in that backfield to, to determine, you know, what they're going to do. Right. So I think, I think that's going to be interesting. And with Dax Hill um, being in his first year, practically starting i know he got a lot of valuable reps last year um it's it's only going to help him man and i think scott's uh ability to already play in a super bowl win a super bowl and and i'm not going to get into that we we don't remember right we don't remember but you know nick scott's played in some big games man and i I have a chiefs fan 
that trolls me, right? Because I've hyped up Nick Scott to this point. And he says, bro, Nick Scott's garbage. And I'm like, well, why did Nick Scott pick off Patrick Mahomes? And that's what Nick Scott, and I told him, I'm like, if Nick Scott picks off Patrick Mahomes this year, I'm clowning on yeah. him so hard. You're cooked. You are You're fucking cooked. Yep, that's exactly right, bro. I mean, you, you were cooking completely. There's just so much optimism, man. The optimism's real. Like I said, that's what I keep prefacing every time because for the typical individual that wants to be objective of a team, which I think is the best way to be about a team because that's the most accurate landscape you can get of what to expect from a team or anything for that matter. It's real, man. Like you have security of competent coaches, a a uber confident scheme to play in culture to be around like you said michael thomas is a phenomenal behind the scenes likely a guy i i don't know if he's going to be able to make the roster because we just have so many fucking good dudes like a phenomenal fucking player to learn from i mean i don't know if there's a i mean culture wise there's not a better guy to learn from experience wise you know maybe a bit more to be desired you know with his career trajectory but certainly not to damper on that phenomenal guy to learn from other guys out the ass bro um as we do wrap up here i gotta get going here in a couple minutes yeah an interesting thing here want to preface overall it's fucking mandatory minicamp there's lots of guys rotating in and out so like i saw fucking a tweet saying stanley morgan with first team reps just to preface but i see a picture here we got second team d line going against first team offense from left to right you got brown uh, obviously Volson, Karras, Kappa, Carmen, and Smith. And then you got uh, Travion in the back. Joe Mix is taking a breather. Who knows? Like I said, they could have ran fucking seven reps in a row, mixing tired, whatever the fuck. So just interesting, you know, just interesting. I mean, you'd expect uh, Travion to be more involved this year, which I think he's more than ready. I, I don't think he's been talked about enough. I think Chase Brown is a really impressive young player, and he's going to get some touches. But what has Trayvon shown you to not have any confidence in him for? Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe that's the approach the coaches take, and maybe it's going to be a bit more fight for a young guy like Chase Brown to dethrone Trayvon Williams. What What is this? I, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not trying to – be disrespectful to any of the beat reporters, but I've seen so many people, man, that are like on this train of signing James Robinson. Um, I mean, I'm down, but like, can he block? If he can't block, I we just don't need him because what we were just talking about, like. What has Travion shown you to not have confidence in him for? Bro, Travion Williams is is r- really low-key, like, in a position, in a lighter version, like Cordell Volson. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, let's get a new guy. Why? From the Bengals' FO, the decision-maker's perspective, what has Travion Williams done for you to not be confident in him with? I get it. A, a valid response could be the lack of what he's done. I get that. But is he not ready? Yeah. Like, he's he's produced, bro. Yes, he had a bad game against Dallas in 2020. But everything was down the shithole. You know, Andy was here fucking playing against us like a bastard, kicked our ass, and Joe Burrow was out, blah, blah, blah. Beyond that, he's giving you a lot of value. So, I mean, to add a guy like James Robinson, you just want to kick a guy like Trayvon who knows the system really well, is uber confident in his role here, to just be kicked to the curb? Right. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. I think it's just, in my opinion, I really think it's a lot of like, uh, what would Zim say? Mixing cutters. I think, I think it's a lot of just people that don't like mixing and, you know, think, think obviously, and I get it with the money and stuff. Like you would love to get a pay cut, but I'm confident that mixing can come in here and have a big year. I really am because I, I've seen it out of him consistently. He's always been the 3.9 to 4.1 yards per carry type of guy. And that's, he, he just, he had it down here last year. He had a 3.9 year and I'm sure he's going to get back and have a better year this year. But you know, when I look at the James Robinson situation, it really reminds me of a guy by the name of Thomas Rawls a few years back, you know, Bengals, Bengals fans were so hyped to get him because of the really the one, 
one dominant year, maybe two. He had, he had a couple good years there. And and Robinson, same. I think Robinson had a really good first year and then kind of got bad treatment because they, they drafted ETN there early. And then he really hasn't had a chance since. But it, it really leaves question marks because when you do look at the stats and you look at the production, like he's not produced since that rookie season. And it's been it's been it's been, you know, three years now. So to, to really think that James Robinson, I think that's what people were thinking, like maybe that James Robinson can come in here and you know take a starting job. And I think I think that's just delusional. I think even to sign him you're you're saying that he's going to compete with chase brown which in my opinion that that should be your guy that's competing you know him and travion competing for two and three and it just wouldn't make sense for them to just say all right travion like we're done with you we're just gonna sign james Robinson. it just doesn't make sense i get it it sounds like a a nice move but i just i wasn't a fan of it i sent i sent zim it because i knew Zim was going to find it funny because he's been going going head to toe with people on Joe Mixon this offseason. So, yeah, I thought that gave him a little a little comfort. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, I, I totally agree, dude. It's like it, there's not a big urgency to make that happen. You know, and, and I think something would have to move. There would be moves that would have to happen for him to right. even be considered to get onto the roster, you know. Oh, like my gosh. Eight- so, oh wait, wait a sec. We got we got some vid action real quick. Let's keep let's see. We got a uh, seven on seven. Jamar catching a beautiful post route. Oh, Alan George. Oh, poor Alan. Come on. Yeah, man. I saw that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Uh, yeah. I mean, this this was first team defense. Alan. Oh my, what are you doing, bro? He's trying to trail. What do you think you're gonna fucking beat him in a foot race? Getting a foot off him? Whoa, bro. That Sorry. was nasty rep, bro. Yeah, it was. I, I think Alan George is, is going to be good, though. I mean, as a back-end guy, I think he's still going to be good. And Charlie Goldsmith just said this. This literally just came out um, as we were talking about it. Jonah Williams said he was frustrated that he learned the Bengals signed Orlando Brown on Apple News. His agent called the front office and said, I didn't know what was going on. I've started 37 games. If it were communicated, it would be hard to hear, but I'd understand. Yeah, man, it, it's got to be awkward, you know, in the room <laughs> with the guy that is replacing you. It, it's like it's like if you if you just broke up with your girlfriend or you guys are on really bad terms and she just brings a guy around. Right. And yep. you're in the same room with this guy. It's just awkward. One hundred percent, bro. Yeah, one hundred percent. And, you know, like. A lot of people, you know, were almost offended to hear what Jonah's animosity because it's like, what did you show the Bengals? Yeah, you're talking about the numbers you started for the games, right. you know, but like what play did you produce when you're there for the 37? It's like, blah, 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 blah. He still had a lot of time here, you know, and he was still the left tackle. So I kind of get it. But um, all right, bro. Yeah, we got to go ahead and wrap this shit up. You know, hit a lot of stuff on the updates of OTAs today. Um, oh, quick side note really quick before we dip out. Uh Pickensburg, if any of you guys don't know him, he has officially been ratioed um, by Zim, and I'd like to consider myself today. He pulled up in the spaces, cooked his ass. Um, <laughs> now nah, on the real, he's a, he's a super funny fucking troll. I find him a lot of I find a lot of uh, amusement out of that little fucker. But yeah, it was just a funny little side note, man. He got cooked. <laughs> funny, he came to real life. That it that is super funny, man. Oh wait, here's yep. another. Here's another one before we get out of here, Jonah Williams. I have no problem playing right tackle. I'm here now and will be here day one of training camp. Didn't like that the team didn't reach out to me about the plan and found out on phone. Sorry. It's the NFL. Hey, yep. Line it up, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> hey, man. I mean, it makes sense. But overall, let's cook. That's let's it. Cook. You know, Let's cook now. We're yep. here. Let's get it. Hey, well, bro, uh, with that, you want to go ahead and close this shit out? Got any final thoughts? Um, I mean, that's about it, man. We we pretty much hit everything. Uh, Joe Shiesty is the uh, best passer um, when trailing the, bat, the past two years. So I know a lot of people think that he's not him, but I think that stat proves that 
he's him. He's 17 and four in the second half of the season, the last two years. So anyone talking crap, we got shysty. You don't, and we don't care. Yep. They can go. <laughs> no fuckers. Yeah, man. Look, he's him. And, uh, man, I just can't fucking wait. Well, all right, bro. Yep. We'll go ahead and wrap this shit up. Uh, we will be with you guys we may record Friday. It just depends if there's enough news. We've already ran through so much stuff throughout the off season. It's still kind of a slow season. You get some little tidbits of OTAs. Uh, Maybe we'll end up recording some shit Friday. If not, we will be back with you guys on Tuesday. So Drake, my brother. Sorry. Last thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I mean, we could always do that Reds podcast. No, just Oh, (laughs) Nah, yeah, we'll just call it the L.A. De La Cruz podcast. Nah, there, there's some other promising young prospects, so uh, it's an exciting time to be a fucking Cincinnati fan, man. Let's go. Yes, sir. Stay safe, bro. Have a great day. Have a great week. Hope you, you all have a great week. Yep, all you guys. Appreciate y'all. Peace out, man.